Hello. What the heck is up? It's it's been a minute. Um sorry about that. So um thank you so much for being patient with me these past few weeks. Also if you hear some background noise, um there's a fan going on. It's ninety something degrees. I'm not sitting with no fan on. Um anyways. Thank you for being patient with me these past few weeks. Um, I didn't have an episode out last week because my wonderful, amazing best friend, um, Jenna, why did I act like I forgot her name? <laughs> she got married last week and I felt like I really needed to just focus on her that week and getting stuff ready for the wedding. And instead of uploading a half-assed podcast, um, I'd rather do that, you know, I'd rather not post one than post one that I wasn't proud of. Um, like if I'm not going to try my hardest on something, I'm not going to post it. You know, you, you catch, you catch the drift. Also, she's the first one to call me out when I don't post when I say that I'm going to. So even she said it was okay. So the queen has spoken. She's, yeah. Um, her Instagram is the J Ray designs. She makes excellent things. Partic particular, what spectacular work. Uh, secondly, if you haven't seen on my Instagram, I am now moving my uploading days to Sunday at 8am instead of Friday because I've picked up quite a few hours this summer and I'm working 7.30 to 5.30 most days. It leaves me absolutely zero time to be a human after work until I have to get ready for bed to get back up at 5am and do it all over again. So if I try to squeeze that podcast work time stuff things into those five-ish hours after work, I know that it'll, it'll become something I dread doing, which is exactly what I want to avoid at all costs. Um, also, if you have custom orders through me, they're coming, but they're also going to be slowed down quite a bit. Um, you know, being a capitalist slave, it it's nothing great comes out of it. Absolutely nothing. I, I Is the $600 check worth it? No. Um... But yeah, you guys have been amazing, and I don't plan on stopping this little side gig anytime soon. Um, I just have to, you know, I just have to adjust things every now and then. And when school starts back up, uh, my hours of work will go back down, and I might have to move my upload day again. And that's just how we do things, you know? Uh, so yeah, I love you guys, you know that. And let's grab a snack, grab a drink grab your projects and let's get into this right now i'm const i'm constructing yep i just said that with my full chest i'm crocheting some funny like scrap yarn balls uh into shorts for my stepmom because we made a little bit and we just thought that it'd be funny to make shorts out of yarn <laughs> am i okay i haven't done this in like a week i, I don't know how this works um but today we're going to be talking about Diane Downs. Yeah. On a cool yet warm, typical summer night in Springfield, Oregon, in May of 1983, Diane Downs drove as fast as she could to the nearest hospital with three children clinging to life in the back of her car. Just kidding. What if I actually talked like that? Um, her children, Christy was eight, Cheryl, I have was also eight. But I think that I just lied to you guys. I don't think she was eight. Um, I think she was five. And Danny, who was three. Uh, they were all shot at close range, as well as Diane herself, who had been shot in the arm. In the midst of the panic and urgency, ER doctors had declared that Cheryl was dead upon arrival, 
while Danny and Christy were fighting to survive. Diane's arm wound wasn't life-threatening as it was in her left forearm, and she was right-handed. Um, but the children seemed as if they had definitely been shot to be killed. Obviously, with the crime this massive, police were quickly called to the hospital to get a statement from Diane before they headed off to find the person who'd committed such a heinous crime. I missed my misplaced my spot. There's, she told them, the police officers, they were driving the back roads at night, listening to music, um, hungry like a wolf to be exact, when they were flagged down by a bushy-haired stranger who looked like he needed a ride. Diane was 27 at the time, but apparently knew nothing about stranger danger, as the rest of us do, so she pulled over to speak to him. When she came to a halt, she asked the man what he wanted, and he responded by saying that he wanted her car. Diane hadn't seen the man hadn't seen that the man had a gun and as he approached to speak to her can i speak english she calmly got out of her car instead of locking it and speeding away like we all would because we you'll see um it was at this point when the man reached past diane and shot all three kids and then turned the gun to her shooting her in the forearm this is when diane responded by pretending to throw her car keys into the bushes along the side of the road causing the man to run into the direction of the thrown keys allowing her time to speed off to the hospital it's convincing, right? That's... Yeah, you'll see. Due to this story, police were terrified of the crazed child killer on the loose, so they took down Diane's description of the man and released sketches, wanting citizens to be on the lookout. So, as I was telling you that first part, you may have thought that I was being a bit harsh on Diane. Maybe... Maybe I was victim-blaming. Well, it also didn't... It also didn't... Huh? I didn't mean to say also... It didn't take long for people to become suspicious of Diane's story. Detective Welch, who had worked on the case, said there were multiple things to be suspicious of, even that first night. Driving the back roads that late at night, the kids being fatally wounded, and her wounds being superficial, and her, and in her dominant, oh my god, <laughs> and in her non-dominant arm. Why would the person one, wanting the car want to just injure her but kill the kids? These are all questions we asked ourselves. You know, Detective Welch just said them first. Um, I lost my spot again. Can I please read like a normal human being? Within just a month of the shooting, and her two surviving children still receiving care at the hospital, Diane began to do obscure interviews with the media. Diane just could not keep quiet to save her life, man. She would jump at any opportunity to be on TV. Uh, she could not stop talking about what happened to her and her kids, and ultimately she became her own worst enemy. Um, do you remember that? I think his name is Gannon Staunch, I think. Um, he was the little boy that was murdered by, I don't think that they've had the trial yet, but his stepmom, um, her name started with an L. They were from Colorado. I cannot remember her name. Um... I don't know, but it reminds me of her, like, the stepmom. She was just constantly doing interviews, and she's like, I don't want people to know about my family, and then would do an interview the next day with her family. Gosh, what was her name? I don't know. L something. That's gonna bother me. It's gonna come to me in the middle of this episode, I'm just gonna shout it out and not even talk about it and just keep going. Um, but yes, she became her own worst enemy, and police were growing more and more suspicious of her, and she continued to tell the media that she was innocent. In one specific interview, she said, Why would I have taken my kids to the hospital? Wouldn't I have made sure that they were dead and then cried crocodile tears? 
that's crazy to think that I would do such a thing and then be bring in the witness against myself. But the only crazy thing is that she literally did that. She, that's exactly what she did. Um, she claimed to have driven as fast as possible to the hospital after her kids were shot, yet a man came forward saying that he drove behind her that night and she was going so slow that at certain points he had to bring his car to a complete stop. He ended up passing her because she was driving so slow, but he knew that she was definitely not driving as fast as she, as she claimed she was. I also was like, um, how did he know that he was driving behind her? Because you know what? I'll, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. You know, some people, all odds can be against them and they can still be innocent. So I was like, how, how did he know that that was her? But he ended up bringing up facts like her tag number and her type of car and like the road that she was on, which she admitted to being on that road in front of a car that was like his. So yeah, but she's innocent and she was driving fast. That man was lying apparently. Um, thankfully, a break in the case surfaced when Diane's personal di diary was discovered. In her diary entries, she had written about her obsession with a married man who did not want kids. That man obviously does not wish to be named, so we will respect that and not name him, even though you can probably find it. Don't look it up. That's rude. Um, but Diane had a relationship with this man previously, and when he found out that she had kids... He wanted to separate because she had kept from him that she had kids because she knew that he did not like kids. Yeah. Um, this just showed a huge motive as to why Diane would want to get rid of her children and investigators ran with it as they should. Um, on top of finding the diary entries, they also found .22 caliber, caliber bullet casings at the crime scene, but no murder weapon ever turned up. Why did I say that with Southern Pine? Um, Investigators could have asked. What? Can I read? Investigators could have asked Chrissy Downs, since she was the only witness old enough to remember that what had happened in that car that day. But she had sh suffered a stroke that made it difficult for her to speak at the time. She was one of the children that was shot. Um, at this point, she was in speech therapy and was getting stronger by the day. But they just, you know, they couldn't wait much longer, so they kept going. Sh what? Can I speak English? Oh my god. You guys are saints for like sitting through my many strokes that I have every time I try to read my own handwriting. We're gonna we're gonna start over and it's gonna be great. And I'm gonna take a deep breath and you're gonna take one with me. Ready in and out. Okay. At this point, Christy was in speech therapy and was getting stronger and stronger by the day. But they couldn't wait much longer, so they ended up going to past boyfriends of Diane, who had both claimed that she did in fact own a .22 caliber gun and recalled seeing her with it on multiple occasions. There we go. Was it that hard to read a sentence? No, it wasn't. So our main girl, Christy, she was the eight-year-old that was shot and had a stroke and was unable to speak for a while. But she ended up being able to tell investigators that she had not seen a male that night. In fact, she had not seen anyone but her mother that night. This just solidified what people already knew, and Danny and Christy were placed into protective custody, so they were not with her mo their mother, um, thankfully. On February 28, 1984, nine months after the incident happened, police arrived at Diane Down's home and arrested her. Claps for all, yes. Um, also, I know I'm old because yesterday at work, I moved a desk into a different room, and those snaps just made the muscles in my wrist hurt because they're sore from moving the desk. 
Bro, I was a college cheerleader at one point. How has my body come to this? Um, yeah. So Diane was arrested in February. But in May of that year, just as the trial began to decide if she was guilty for trying to murder her three children, um, Diane showed up to the courthouse with yet another plot twist. She just can't give it up. She was pregnant. Yeah. She she got knocked up. Um, due to her not being able to stay away from the media to save her life, literally, she began making people think that her being pregnant was no accident. She said, I got pregnant because I miss Christy and I miss Danny and I miss Cheryl so much. I'm never going to see Cheryl on Earth again. And I just... You can't replace children. You can't replace the effect they give you. And they give me love. They give me satisfaction. They give me stability. They give me a reason to live and a reason to be happy. And so, now that that's gone, they took it from me. But children are just so easy con to conceive. Huh? What? Even if someone who was a loving parent and lost their kids to an actual tragedy, like, if they said that, I would still be like, yo, get help. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be a parent. Um, but yeah, she said that on TV and stood by it. So I guess that says something. So yeah, looping back to the whole pregnant thing. Um, apparently she had seduced the mailman and got him to get her pregnant before the trial. I really don't know who the father is, to be honest. I just heard once that it was the mailman and I stuck with it because it's comically ironic and I think it's amazing. But... I, yeah, it, it might have been the mailman, it might have not been, I don't know. Um, Amy Yeager was a reporter on the case at the time, and she said that she was worried that the pregnancy would be affecting the jurors in, like, the way that they viewed Diane. I don't know. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly what she wanted. So. But she didn't get what she wanted. You'll see. Um, Amy ended up saying that she calculated that this would win her sympathy in the trial. I mean, obviously, if she's pregnant, she loves children, right? Yeah, no, 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 wrong. Couldn't be further from the truth, actually. Um, so after months and months of physical and mental therapy, prosecutors pulled the leading witness up to the stand. Our girl, Christy Downs. She was finally able to take the stand and explain what had actually happened to her on that tragic night. Attorney Fred Hugie. Of course, my upstairs neighbors decided to come sit in their spare bedroom. Right over us. It's okay. It's okay. Um, Fred Hugie asked Christy if she remembered who it was that shot her that night and if she knew what they looked like. Christy simply replied two, two words, my mom. It was reported that you could feel the air literally being sucked out of that room from the jurors and like everyone else sitting in the room. Um, and thankfully Diane was found guilty on Ju in June and sentenced to life in prison plus another 50 years. So between the verdict and sentencing, the course recessed so that Diane could give birth to the child that she conceived with the mailman. And it was a little girl named Amy Elizabeth. And obviously that baby was taken away and put into an adoption. I don't know, put up for adoption. And she was adopted and renamed Becky Babcock. In 1987, three years into her life sentence, Diane actually escaped somehow by climbing over the 12-foot barbed wire fences surrounding the facility she was in. Honestly, I'm amazed. Like, I literally don't understand how she did that. I'll give it to her, you know? 
Um, she was on the run for about two weeks and they ended up tracking her down to the home of her cellmate's husband's house who lived within walking distance of the prison. So for 14-ish days, she was just chilling a couple a couple minutes from the prison. Um, we'll give it to her. You know, she fooled us. But she was taken back and now remains in a prison in California that is known for inmates that tend to um, try to make plans to escape. So she was denied parole in 2008 but continues to proclaim her innocence and stick to the story that she told the first night in the emergency room. She's innocent. It was a stranger. With bushy hair. With bushy hair. Um, since COVID happened, she says that she follows the news very closely and is concerned about her children surviving the pandemic. Um, she said that every time the world news shows the big red circle on the national map, I look at Oregon because that's where my Christy and Danny are. Diane told the news outlets via email this. I don't know. I guess they have computers. I don't know. I've never been to prison. Um, compared to other states, it appears Oregon's red circle is smaller than most places. If Is Oregon relatively virus-free or are my children in greater danger than the red circle size suggests? I still worry about them and I still love them, though they'll never know it. Yeah, I don't, you shot them, dude. You shot them. Do you love them? Becky Babcock, who was Amy Elizabeth, um, ended up accidentally finding out who her biological mother was and stands with her siblings and saying that their mother is definitely guilty, um, 100%. But Diane claims that Christy was coached to say that her mother shot her, even though she knows Christy saw a stranger do it. Um, she also claimed that she had COVID and almost died from it, but it's believed that she didn't and just pretended to for attention. Um... So yeah, that's the story of Diane Downs and how she shot her three kids and won't even admit to it, even though it's completely obvious. That felt so weird to record after not recording for, was it? I mean, it was almost two weeks because last week I had no episode and then this week I skipped Friday and now it's Sunday. Good morning. Good Sunday morning. Um, yeah. You guys are amazing. I, I don't know what else to say. Um... It's been really weird working so much because I'm not able to crochet as much either. Like, I've just been crocheting for like 20 minutes here and there every day when I'm used to being able to crochet for as long as I want. Um, but it's okay. I'm making money. I'm making money moves, bro. I'm paying for my college so that one day I can be Dr. Augustine. Um, yeah. I don't know. How are you guys? I don't want to end this yet, <laughs> but I need to. Um, so yeah, Monday, not Monday, Sunday is the uploading day now. I work way too much. What else have I said 40 times in this episode? Um, I can't read. I'm having a mini stroke. I don't know. You guys, you guys rock. You guys are rad. You know that. Um, merch is still available. The link is in my bio. I'm going to make Matthew work on new designs soon. Um, the logo is done by my friend Lauren. She has an Instagram called Love Lauren Co. She makes amazing polymer clay earrings and logos and like, you know, the little picture things. Um, sorry, I had to wipe my nose. <laughs> the little, I don't know what they're called. Like it's, it's a photo, but it's a drawing of the photo and like 
they usually don't have a face, but they're actually super detailed. She makes those and she's really good at it. Um, so go check her out. Go to J Ray Designs on Instagram also. Uh, she just got married. She's opening. She, she took a break for a second while she was doing her wedding and honeymoon, but she's going to be back up this month. Um, she does like those tumblers with the words on them. <laughs> um, my friend also does Cherry Creek Boutique on Instagram. Her name's Bailey. She's amazing. Um, she has clothes and handmade jewelry. Um, who else? I'm gonna miss someone and I'm gonna feel really bad about it. Oh god. Um, I don't know. Just go to my Instagram page at Crochet and Crime Podcast and look through my followers and you'll see some really cool small businesses. Um, and you should follow them and you should buy their stuff because they're really cool and it goes to a really good cause because it's all from the home. Okay. At this point I'm just rambling. Um, I love you guys. You're awesome. And you should always remember to lock your doors and not talk to creepy men. Okay, goodbye.